Trends and Tensions, presented by BHDP, where we discuss trends in architectural and interior design and the competing priorities or tensions that arrive from integrating new ideas into existing organizations, enterprises, and institutions. On today's episode, we offer part two of our continued discussion of the future of work with Valerie Garrett of Fifth Third Bank, Irvin Purvis of Jones Lang LaSalle for Procter & Gamble, and Dominic Iacobucci of BHDP. If you enjoy what you hear, we encourage you to rate, subscribe, and give us a review. We also invite your suggestions of other architectural and interior design-related topics. I'm your host, Brian Trainer, a workplace strategist for BHDP. Let's get started. For, um, for JLL and P, uh, Procter & Gamble, um, are you guys working on fostering that social interaction um, because you're global mm -hmm. you have and people are in contact all over the world so I imagine a significant portion is virtual what are you guys doing to maintain that human connection in a more diversified workplace hmm. it, it happens at different levels right one of them is employees and, and employee experiences at the forefront right so we are you're trying now to create the built environment the, the the workspace to attract those employees together to instigate correlation dynamic interaction and an idea changing right so you, you we're doing that on that level at you know with with most attention and care that's our main principle but at the same time you end up as you just mentioned now the second level even how do we communicate that you do you have a global uh, platform and you're you're simultaneously working on all fronts regionally and your connection is still virtual right so cameras are so far the the best extent to that and then you know take a note we've all connected to virtual meetings and you have an option to turn on the camera versus not you know, and I would ask, think about when you do that and when you do not. And I've myself become strategic when I do that and when I do not. Yeah. Right. And it, and it's when it's, um, how do I say this? You know, I, I have my client that I have to present and sell an idea and connect with them. And I would never do that without a camera on. Hmm. You know, you, you're... You know, from from any aspect, the verbal language when you're presenting, you're talking, you're looking at them, you're sensing, you're seeing how they're responding, how they're absorbing. If you need to recorrect the course, so do you have to typically ask them to turn on the camera too, or how, how does that so, work in terms of actually creating a two-way street? So, so the, the the most important ones. So think about like you know steering team presentations when you you're working on a big important project mm -hmm. that almost happens automatic because those meetings are always scheduled in our. Uh, virtual rooms in our you know visual connected so that kicks in automatically okay. you almost have no choice there and then it kind of starts stepping down from there so it's it's whether consciously or not we're already set up that way the most important ones do give you that visual uh, connection immediately without you you'd have to consciously try to shut it down but then all the other meetings they stop down is when we connect you know over you know skype you kind of have a choice to turn it on or off and 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 i think after a while you start making that choice very, um, you know, yeah. carefully. I'm waiting for the camera that's behind the actual screen. Yeah. So that you can actually get the eye-to-eye -eye contact. Mm -hmm. That's the one piece that so you're not looking no matter what you're doing, like you're looking at content and you're looking up and you actually never actually connect with that person. You're there, but it's hard to actually it have is. a dialogue because the camera is above the screen. Exactly. What I love about what you just said is that you make a conscious decision whether to turn it on or not turn it on based on who you're talking to, which is not about you, it's about them, mm -hmm. right? So the connection that I made immediately was our students who have to learn to get into their client's head, 
is it, oh, you know, what, what do our, what does my client need in order for me to communicate? It is a help to the person on the other end if they can see my face. Doesn't matter if the thing pops up and I go, oh, mercy, no, not today. <laughs> I would rather nobody see me today. It's not about me and whether That's I want to be right. seen, right? It's really about what will help them best. Right. And, and in this context, for this presentation, it will help them best to be able to see my face. Sure, and having the right tool in the toolbox for what you need to do at that moment. Well, and that's and and I agree with that. And I think part of what we need to figure out, though, with that is how do you do that in such a way when it's not just you? It's a team. Mm -hmm. You have more than one person that's selling to the client, more than one person that's part of that dialogue. And you know, a camera in a room works, but a lot of times, by the time the camera catches you in the room, you're the small dot on the left side of the screen. Well, and this is a limit of technology too. It's such an enabler, Mm -hmm. but that screen is only so big. Um, and so you fill it up with, you know, nine people's faces and your windowed for content becomes smaller and smaller and smaller because your face is part of the content. Well, and that was actually one of the things that surprised me working with this class is that technology wasn't thought about in such a way that it could be very different and and we're going to solve it before it comes. Think of it as the the Star Trek analogy, right? Like right. no one knows the that stuff. The we, we still saw a lot of TVs yeah. and screens, and the only thing right. that changes maybe the size. And I have this big screen. Yeah, we got a we got a rectangle on a yeah. wall, like we know yeah. today. Yeah. Versus why can't the wall be the screen, and why does exactly. it have to be flat, and why can't it be? Can we feel like we're in the same room? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many variables to this, and I, and I missed one. Uh, to 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 the original question, and I, I want to come back to it. And one of them was brought up also this your connection with the eyes. Eyes are very important, and a lot of times on these screens you cannot see it. A lot of these big meetings, I'm going to talk to like three different groups, and one group is tuning in from Brazil, the other one is from Tokyo, mm. and you have now right. different groups. And who do you look at as you're communicating this message? But the big important one, and, and you know what I've noticed the difference, and I now make a point, as particularly to kick off a project. I try to do that in person. So I'll fly to, to, to right. Sao Paulo, to Mexico City, doesn't matter, and meet the group and kick it off. And, and I've noticed that results are tremendously different. Bonding and, and rapport. It's bonding, right. and it's, it's on both ends, right? And what reminded me of that is talking about t- turning the camera on, yes or no. You know, Dominic and I can connect over the phone, and we do it all the time. I don't need a camera. We've worked together for so long. You can pick right. up on tonal cues, and we're pre-open. You know what you're hearing is what you're getting, all of this stuff. So there's a certain level of trust involved and familiarity. But imagine you're connecting for the first time. You know nothing about these people. Mm-hmm. And how many times you've heard, uh, you know, I can't count the number of times when I've met somebody, and you know what the first response is? Finally, so glad that we can finally put the face with the, with the voice or an email. You've ran across the name so many times. You've exchanged so many emails. And you meet the person. And it's almost always in your head. This is not discussed. You're like, that's <laughs> yeah. not what I envisioned, right? Yeah. right but right. what does that even mean, right? I but thought w- you'd be taller. <laughs> you know, whatever that is. But now you, you force yourself to create this construct. As, as a person, you cannot envision talking to a person, even exchanging an email without picturing what that person looks like. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. it's it's in your way, of course you're way off. You're going off of nothing. And you're creating this world. And sometimes you create in your mind what they look like based on some tone you interpreted. Sure. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is there was something that came out of the University of York this month that said that people can remember 5,000 faces. Think about that. Could you even get to 500 names no. easily? <laughs> it's just, I, I could never but remember 5, 500 5, 000, names. 5,000 faces. 
So, so what that starts to say is that we're very visual in how we remember things and how we connect mm-hmm. comes to a level that you have to have that visual connection, be it over a camera or in face. And mm-hmm. to an extent, like breaking bread, I have a little Italian in me. And I mean, that's part of the culture, you right? Can, like yeah. you can't mm-hmm. build connection without sitting down at a meal with someone. And quite frankly, it can't just be one of those ones where you just go in and grab something quickly and leave. Like you need to sit down and just actually spend time. And I think the Europeans have it right when they, when they're okay with the meal taking three and four hours. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, so Urban, you brought up trust and familiarity mm-hmm. and building that that's essential um, to the workplace. And that's a thing that doesn't seem to have changed. You know, when we talk about the future of work and what's changed from 10 years ago to now, I think that as the workplace becomes more diversified, it seems to be more important than it's ever been, especially when you have detached uh, mm-hmm. or disparate groups. What my question, I guess, for Valerie is, um, fifth, third, is that one of your drivers to keeping teams connected? And how are you responding to that with space? like with workplace? Um. Mm. Um, Well, I think we are really purposeful about making sure that people have places to connect. Right. And not only places to collaborate and work together, but places to connect as a community. So there's some space within their built environment where they can share things that are, that's whatever they want to share. So the team goes out and does something on the weekend to serve the community, a a Habitat for Humanity, or maybe they do it, they take a work day, and you post pictures, and somebody's brought home an adopted child or had a baby, and you post a picture, and it it is always evolving, and it's whatever they want, and it's, it's always different depending on who's posting, and it's broad enough to allow many people to post. Um, It is, for us, it's analog. that's really powerful because it's not just the personal things either. It's also the things that they do as a group that are very business related. Um, one example, we just redid a space and the furniture that was there um, was offered up to nonprofits that that group works with in their community and supports. And so nonprofits were able to come in and say, you know what, we'd like that and that and that. And wow. yeah. Those furniture pieces went out to us they didn't have much more life left in right. them, but to a nonprofit who does not have any budget for that and is just grabbing whatever stool they can out of somebody's garage, right? they then sent pictures back to the office of like, thank you so much, Fifth Third Bank, and here's our new office. And it wasn't new to us, but it was sure new to them. And they show them using it in the context of their own space. That was really powerful to the team sure, because they felt like then they had a hand in that. Um, even though it's, it's a corporate asset and, you know, et cetera, that gets posted in the community um, engagement area and they all can look at that and feel like they're a part of it because they all support that whatever nonprofit it is. So we are really purposeful about making sure that we have those elements in our space, not only that allow people to collaborate over work, but over work and personal and you know whatever sure. part of their life they want to share so they can feel not just connected to each other but to the community mm-hmm. that they serve right? right what about you do you want to yeah I, I would love to add to that because <laughs> you know as we're talking and hearing here in Diaz, it, it's a slightly different twist so one of the things that we started doing in our spaces and dominic is very familiar with this introducing um floor lounges 
uh, a space, a common space within your floor or an office within your group where people come together. Now, this is not a breakthrough idea, but there's certain small things that we did different. We've in the past always had pantries and small things, but it was exactly that, a pantry that's hidden somewhere in a closet. You go in there, you grab what you need to grab, you heat your meal in a microwave, or you grab a coffee and you run out of there, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I would like to, this to this uh, breaking bread idea from the old world. The, the modern twist on that is coffee, guys. Yeah, Coffee <laughs> does miracles of bringing people together. And, you so know, many different types of coffee. And, yeah. Yes, but you know, Europeans have been doing this for a long time. And, and you'll notice that people, you know, coupled with you make a little bit of an of a open area, you make it comfortable, you make it inviting, and people will gravitate to that. You add some free coffee and people will love to grab, grab coffee and talk, right? Now that will bring up the usual suspects and co-workers, you know, you and I are sitting next to each other, and we'll be like, hey, let's walk down the hall, grab a coffee, maybe chat. But what, what else he has done, coupled with this idea for years now, we've been kicking our management out of offices and into open office, right? Now you have the, the leaders, the management using the same space. Now all of a sudden you'll find yourself shoulder to shoulder with the you know, general manager, and you'll grab coffee and you'll talk. The idea of coffee or breaking bread is it's such a uh, human thing to do and kind of such a... It's uh, an equalizer. It's an equalizer. Yeah, it's an equalizer. We, we all do the same things. Think about so many times we build these images of, of, of people, right? And, you know, if you ever got to know them, most of those would collapse, right, and disappear. You'd still understand they do the same things, right? We just had a, a, a kind of a, a leadership session on, on, on career, um, advancement and 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 you know just general workplace and it was amazing to hear from some of our global top leaders that the struggles they deal with are the same ones we deal with mm -hmm. you know they struggle the same way to get that daycare um, arrangement as 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 the rest right. of us you know they were yeah. still on the same waiting list for a year before <laughs> the kid got in there you know they're competing with the same you know eager moms you know cutting out the cucumbers in shape of alligators <laughs> and you know do i have time to do that it's amazing what this does you know in grabbing a coffee and quick you just you know exchange a couple of things and it works both ways right mm -hmm. you'll run into each other first thing in the morning and right. of course something bad will happen you ran your kids late to to the school or daycare or your kids got got sick the night before and it's amazing how close this will get you mm -hmm. and it destroys all kinds of barriers it it really does and in fact i have used that as a primary uh change leadership lever is when you create a space like that you purposely engage the leadership to go use it don't get a coffee and sit there and drink your coffee and watch take your laptop get your coffee and sit there and process email for a bit and all of a sudden people realize like oh the ceo is people too right, yeah. <laughs> right? Well, they they start to learn he puts that his creamer in one cup at a time <laughs> yes too. right and also engage people yes like, don't be afraid yes. to go up and just talk to someone how's your day and and be part of the yes. the space and the culture versus even if they take their computer don't sit in the corner executive leadership is lonely i mean they walk yeah. around the space and nobody says hi to them because <gasps> It's like the CEO. Yeah. Everybody look busy. Yeah. But <laughs> but just like you and I want to be acknowledged, they they have that human need as well. And so it's it's a really for them to lead that demonstration of how to use a space like that. Now certainly coffee just draws people. You don't have to teach about that. Um, but it's powerful. To me, the opinion that 
Um, coffee seems to be easier than breaking bread because it's a shorter term commitment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's also something that's a little more casual. Sure. You know, you have to plan yeah, ahead sure. if you're going to have a meal with somebody sometimes. Right. Well, the, right. the other piece about that that makes that successful, though, in some of these examples is also creating place. So yes. these aren't just yes. locations with coffee that happen to be big areas. You can't set up a coffee station in a workstation cube, right? Right, and expect it to work. Like you need to, <laughs> you need to feel like you're actually going to another location, so a like destination. You're you're, yeah. you're part of a neighborhood and a society as opposed to just same scenery just happens to have coffee right. which so i think is an important point part of this what you're saying and, and you know we mentioned earlier and i think this is a big topic older topic but it still comes up is the shared workstations and not owning your workstation right um so people you know and we have this as we're trying to create these spaces you provide a shared workstation but you're providing a, a, a multiple other options to offer people, right? right. A, a soft lounge seating, you know, a more maybe high top surface for people to kind of be able to move around. And I, and I love this, somebody offered this example. They said, well, the whole point about this is you want people to feel comfortable. And the way that we work, how many of us want to come to work and sit at your workstation and work eight hours straight, right? Mm-hmm. So a, a good example for this, if you're working from home, if any of us, if any of you have ever worked from home, you never sit down and work from one spot. You're maybe on the phone, you're doing something, you're moving from your kitchen to the living room, and you're doing this not even thinking about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're not actually even picking the most comfortable spot, your couch in the living room and hunkering down for, for the day. You're not doing that. You're constantly moving. So it's this change of pace and an enticement that we're, you know, I think it's very important. And what we've been trying to provide in our in, in the spaces. Mm-hmm. I've to get even got sat in my front yard in. and with the laptop. I mean, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, that's how the reality is. That's how most of us work. Yep. Thank you for listening to Trends and Tensions presented by BHDP. If you are interested in the Future of Work document created by the students at the University of Cincinnati in cooperation with BHDP, go to bhdp.com forward slash future of work. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate, subscribe, and give us a review. We hope you will join us again as we continue to have constructive conversations on another episode of Trends and Tensions.